Welcome to the Living to 100 Club podcast. Well, hello to everyone joining us today on our podcast. You're listening to one of our successful aging episodes this month on the Living to 100 program, and I'm your host, Joe Casciani. Each week, our conversations educate and inspire, helping you get the best out of all the years we're given, regardless of what obstacles come our way. You can learn more about our club at our website. And be sure to take a look at my new training and activities manual called Better, Longer, and Happier, A Guide to Aging with Purpose and Positivity. This is a series of 12 modules in a card deck format developed for activities directors at senior living communities to learn about psychologically healthy aging. These modules help to engage senior residents in activities that are cognitively challenging and foster a positive mindset. Module 1 is now on sale. Visit our website, livingto100.club forward slash BLH. Now on to today's program. On today's podcast, we invite Francis Woolley as our guest. Dr. Woolley is an economist at Carleton University in Ottawa, Canada. She is an authority on challenges ahead as the baby boomer generation contemplates the risk of needing long-term care. We discuss the demands on healthcare systems as our population ages, the shortage of long-term care beds, and the inequities in paying for this care. As families now make huge sacrifices in caring for a spouse or a parent with little or no outside help, eventually this care shifts to a state here in the U.S. or a provincial system in Canada that may be fragmented and inequitable. Can the infrastructure keep up with the improvements needed, considering constantly changing decision makers and uneven political influence? How should the risk of needing long-term care be shared among individuals, families, and governments? Is it possible to raise public funds to face the looming crisis as the need for dementia beds mushrooms? First, a little background. Frances Woolley is a professor of economics at Carleton University, where she's taught since 1990. Her research centers on families and public policy. Dr. Woolley's most cited work is on modeling family decision-making, measuring inequality within the household, feminist economics, and tax benefit policy towards families. Recently, she spent more time researching the provision and financing of long-term care, inspired in part by the challenges her family faced when her father needed care at the start of the COVID pandemic. Frances' true passion is using economics to explain everyday experience and in sharing her love of economics with her students. She served as secretary-treasurer and also president of the Canadian Economics Association, co-editor of the Canadian Tax Journal, and the Review of Economics of the Household, and as Associate Dean of the Faculty of Public Affairs at Carleton University. 
Francis holds a BA from Simon Fraser University, an MA from Queens, and a PhD from the London School of Economics. Dr. Woolley, welcome to our program today. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. I'm looking forward to our conversation. This is a uh, thought-provoking topic. I always like to open by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about the journey that brought you to where you are today. I covered a bit of your, your background, but what are some of the, maybe the milestones that took you to where you are today? Oh, yeah. You know, it's um, hard to say. I mean, in terms of the long-term care, I'd like to, I'd like to pick up on that part of it, you know, how you were saying about, you know, how my, my father needing care um, made me really start more interested in researching this area. And for a long time, I just found the prospect of long-term care just too scary to think about. It's just so awful. I couldn't think about it. And then when my dad needed care, you know, we dealt with it. And, you know, when you start dealing with it, when you get down to it, it was, it became much easier to to write about it and do research about it because mm. it was, it was, it was tough. It wasn't easy, but having had experience, it wasn't this kind of fear of the un- unknown. Um, so mm. that's kind of what brought me to here. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, professionally or, you know, in your academic world, you were close to it, but not as immersed as uh, as you were when you were dealing with it on a personal level. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, people say that the personal is, is political. I mean, for me... Um, for me, you know, I'm I'm in an incredibly privileged position to be an, a university professor and able to do research. And to me, you know, having that privilege, you're really responsible f- to do research that matters to people and answer the questions that matter to people. And I think right now, long-term care is one of the issues that matters the most from a public policy perspective. And it doesn't get the attention because it's scary. We don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a deeper dive into that. When um, you, you, you've told me in an earlier call when we had our conversation that, you know, the whole demographics um, aging, the boomer population is going to strain the healthcare systems in developed countries like the U.S. Mm-hmm. and Canada. What? Why? Why is that? Why aren't we keeping up with to meet the demand of the population growth? Well, you know, I think I would distinguish between health care and long-term care. I mean, what you're saying is true. There's issues with health care, but health care and long-term care are different. So health care is, you know, all those things that kind of doctors provide for you. So, you know, if you get sick, you need health care. Um, long-term care is more kind of help with the activity of, of daily living. So it's, you know, you need help getting dressed. You need help you know, preparing your meals. Um, You don't need a doctor for that. You don't need medical care for that. Um, And it's not covered by Medicaid, right? So you've got the healthcare system, you've got the long-term care system. They're different. They're both in crisis, okay? Now your question is, you know, what is the, the, um, you know, what's the cause of the the crisis? Um, You know, 
every country is different and the United States is really very different when it comes to healthcare. Um, my son and daughter-in-law live in the U.S. and my daughter-in-law is currently pregnant. And I'll tell you, if she was in Canada, she'd get a fraction of the tests, a fraction of the care that she's uh-huh. getting in the States. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the U.S. is, is, you know, the U.S., if you get, if you get good care in the U.S., you get the best care in the world. Um, but not mm-hmm. everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, of, you know, why it's challenging is, you know, people tend to need more, you know, people are like cars. Like once you get a certain number of miles on the engine, stuff starts going wrong. And if you have an aging population, you've got more old cars on the road and they need more maintenance and you don't have any more mechanics than you used to. In fact, you probably have a fewer mechanics because your mechanics are retiring and it's just that, that simple. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And the, as you said, um, the healthcare system is is different from long term care, but the growing need for um, help with ADLs, activities of daily living, and mm-hmm. shortage of these assisted living facilities. I mean, I where I live here in Southern California, they're just building one after another of the independent mm-hmm. and assisted ALFs, um, and the nursing home. I think that that whole demographic is is still there, but I think it's not growing as fast as the ADL. Uh, assisted living facilities is, is growing. Mm-hmm. So um, you're thinking that um, with the advancing age of the baby boomers, our, our populations, we're just not going to have the care available. We're not going to have the, the systems well, in place. You know, it's, it's a matter of, of supply and demand. Um, you know, if you've got money, you can get care. Yes. Right. But if you just kind of do the math on how many, what you need to provide assistance with the activity of daily living, especially when somebody has, say, dementia, right? Dementia is the really, you know, and again, like it's back to like, this is a scary topic. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's hard to think about it. Like dementia, that's the worst, right? That's the one thing we don't want to think about. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's a hard, it's hard to even start having these conversations, but if we're thinking about dementia care, cause that's the one that's the really, really tough one. You know, somebody's got dementia, they need a person there available to look after them 24 hours a day. If you're going to pay people a decent wage, that's going to be expensive. And, and there's just no real getting away from that, right? So, um, I, I mean, that talks to, you know, so I think that there's just, you know, the issue is there's just a certain amount that long-term care costs because it's, you know, you need a place for people to live. You need people to look after them. And that just is expensive. You can't really do much to reduce the cost. Like, it's not like we're going to get some you know, magic te- technology. This, this just those costs are there, and I think the 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 issue is really the issue with the shortage of spaces is a lot. It's it's to do with two things. The number one thing is is there the funds available to pay those costs? 
Right. Right. And if you don't have the money, you're not, if you don't, you know, if you don't invest the money, you're not going to get those facilities. And then the other thing is this, like in every place has specific issues, but you know, there's, there's issues with building housing everywhere, like with things like zoning and permitting and, 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 and so on. But a, a lot of it just is like, it's, it's expensive and who's going to pay for it. Right. And you've said that it's, um, it's kind of this black and white or all or nothing um, situation where you can either afford it privately. And if you can't, you go on to Medicaid and California, it's Medi-Cal. So um, there's that big um, um, long stretch from the affordable care and the people that cannot afford it. So um, you're saying, uh, even in Canada, I think you said that the systems cannot keep up with the demands and the, the, mm-hmm. the reimbursement for this care is still strained. It's, I mean, I, I, I know in nursing homes, skilled nursing facilities, um, Medi-Cal barely covers the costs of the care. It barely yeah. It's almost a break-even situation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Medicare and so, yeah, go why, you know, yeah. it, around where I live, um, there's a lot of fancy for-profit facilities going in to cater to people who have money yeah. because that's profitable. But building a home that is going to cater to Medi-Cal or Medicaid patients isn't profitable. Yeah. So people aren't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the other thing is this, like a kind of a logistical thing, right? You need to get the money up front to build a facility before you start collecting revenues. And that's a big issue. Now, if you're like a big international company that runs profitable long-term care homes, then maybe you can get that capital up front. But if you're, say, a nonprofit organization or a municipal government or something like that, maybe even you want to build a nursing home. Maybe, you know, you're a nonprofit association. You want to build a nursing home. You're prepared to, you know, raise funds so that it, it works with Medi-Cal. Where are you going to get the money up front to build the home? Mm-hmm. And right. that's a big issue. Right. And it's a well, political issue as well as a practical issue. Because a government doesn't like if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, the governor of California, you know, you put a whole bunch of funding into building new nursing homes. Those homes don't open until you're no longer in office. So you're not going to get the credit for this on the next election cycle. Hmm. Right. There's a lot of practical problems here. Yeah, And the person who replaces the current governor may or may not have the same frame of mind. And there may be. Hmm changes in the funding, um, that whole apparatus. Yeah. Yeah. So we've opened the Pandora's box here. How, how yes. should we, how should we be paying for long-term care? Well, you know, let's get back to, to, to cars, right? You know, you're, you have an older car, you know, there's a risk. It's going to break down. Um, I don't know you, I, I drive a, my car is nine years old. Um, not going to replace it anytime soon. Um, live in a cold climate here. I'm, I'm up here. It's there's snow on the ground here. Um, sometimes the car breaks down. So you know what I have? I have roadside insurance. Mm-hmm. And so if the car breaks down, I'm going to call a number. 
going to get a tow truck. It's going to help me out. Okay. If I get in an accident, I've got a car insurance. That's going to help me out. Right. So with a lot of things, there's a lot of bad things that can happen to us in life. But for most of those bad things that we have in life, we have insurance. We share those risks. Long-term care is one of the, you know, needing a whole lot of long-term care at the end of your life. That's one of the biggest and most expensive risks that things that that's one of the most expensive things that can happen to you in your life, right? Needing a lot of long-term care. And it's the one thing that we don't have insurance. We don't have a mechanism in place for sharing that risk unless, you know, you're low income enough to, to qualify for Medicaid or Medi-Cal. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm talking here about the States as if it's we. Yeah. Other countries actually do, no country, countries don't do, there's no country that really does terrifically on this, but there's a lot of countries that share that risk more than is done in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we have insurance for all of these other risks that we do good risk, risk management in other areas of our lives, but not so well in long-term care. Yeah. And that is the fundamental question, right? Who, how do we share this risk? You know, we know that, you know, we're all going to eat blueberries. We're going to exercise. We're going to get enough sleep. We're going to do everything we can to keep healthy and living to 100. <laughs> but, you know, some of us are going to be unlucky. Some of us have just got, you know, we just yeah. got unlucky with the gene pool or whatever. Some of us are going to need that care. And how do we share that risk? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know living to 100 is not in the cards for everyone. I <laughs> mean. Know yeah. That. Well, you know what? If I if I just drop down and of a heart attack, yeah. You know, yeah. I could be like, you know, you know, live a good life, have a good yeah. fun retirement, then drop dead of a heart attack. That wouldn't be too bad. It's that. Yeah. It's not the 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 not living. It's the the prospect. As I said, this is a scary topic. Yeah. Right. And and this is something that that scares me. That the mm-hmm. the idea of needing a lot of long term care. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you refer to is flattening the curve where we're living healthy, 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 and then we drop off. And we want to drop off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's I always figure. Strong. I was. I always figure you need three things. You need. You need. You need a healthy mind. You need a healthy body, and you need enough money to get by. And if you've got all three, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what you don't want is one of those to go while the other two are still functioning. Yeah. Right. So why can't families and and home care agencies cover this need? I mean, I. We know there's a lot of um, outfits that will go okay. into the home. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's the who provides the care and who pays for the care. Mm-hmm. As I said, a lot of people prepare to provide the care as long as you're willing to pay enough, right? You come and you say, you put a, an ad in the paper and say, I'm going to have somebody, I'm prepared to pay $1,000 a day for somebody to come and look after me in my home and wipe my bum. You're going to get applicants. Yeah. It's the who provides the care, who finances the care different questions, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. if we're talking about, and the big, the really tricky thing is who pays for it, right? And some people will, people do, they will save up enough to pay for it or their families will pay for it. But again, we're talking about sharing the risk. You mm-hmm. know what? If my car, if I have a car accident tomorrow and I smash my car, yeah, I have enough money in my bank account to to pay for the damage the car does and to buy a new one. But I don't want to 
drain my bank account. I want to share that risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we have families paying for long-term care, we aren't sharing that risk. Yeah. So how do we share the risk? Like, how do we, you know, share the risk of paying for this care between families and between the community as a whole? Mm-hmm. And and one model we discussed is what's um, occurring in Australia. I'm not sure how yeah. expanded it is, but the government is taking kind of a, a portion of the equity or the ownership of the home, kind of like yeah. a reverse mortgage, but the yeah. uh, the owner yeah. or seller doesn't doesn't reap all of that. The government yeah. takes a portion of it to cover future costs. Yeah. Is that yeah. viable? That sounds yeah. like a pretty innovative program. Yeah. I mean, you were saying earlier about how long-term care in the States is kind of black and white, right? Either you qualify for Medicaid, Medi-Cal, and then you can get a space in a long-term care facility, or there's really, I mean, there's some, like I, I wouldn't say that there's none, but you're pretty, you know, there's pretty limited support. Okay. Other countries are not like that. Okay. Um, And Australia is one of those countries that's not like that. Now, there's a trade-off. The trade-off is that there's taxes in these other countries tend to be higher. Mm -hmm. And so you have higher levels of taxes, but those higher levels of taxes buy you assistance with providing long-term care. So say you're in Australia, you need a certain level of care. Okay, so you go and it's like there's a, there's a there's a checklist. It's like you know, can you can you walk? Can you do this? You know, you know how how functional are you? Right? Are you are you like 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 Joe here who's, who's sleeping <laughs> around having podcasts? Are you maybe not quite so like like Joe? Hmm. Um, and maybe maybe you you know you can't you know, you're having problems working the working your computer or whatever, right? So there's a, there's a checklist. You figure out okay, how much care do you need? And there's like a a, a statement a, a set test that figures out how much care you need. Okay. If you need care, it's like, okay, you need care. There's some money that's going to come from the government out of general tax revenues that's going to pay for that care. So it kind of works more like like um, Medicare, right? You're going to get, you know, you need that care. You get it. But you're also going to need to provide some of the costs yourself. You're going to have to cover some of the costs yourself. Mm. And the amount. Out that you pay, again, it's not black and white. We're going to say, okay, we'll look at your assets. We're, we don't want to like bankrupt your spouse or anything like that. We want your kids to still be able to inherit something. So we'll look at your assets. Some of those assets are going to need to go towards long-term care. Mm-hmm. So there's a sharing here, right? It's like, okay, this is your level of care. You're going to get some support from Everybody in Australia, mm-hmm. like works with like like the works with me- the way Medicaid uh, Medicare works, yeah. and then some of this you're going to need to pay out of your own resources, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So there's a sharing. Sure. And how do the um, how do the residents feel about that? I mean, that there that is be... no place there is no place where people are happy with their long term <laughs> care system. Um, <laughs> that's, but that's, uh, that's a given, then, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, there's, I would say that there's, there's been, um, I would say it's a system that 
works well in many respects. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the number one concern in Australia, and I think the number one concern everywhere with long-term care is the systems need more money, okay. right? I think people are happy with the Australian system. They just need, it just, there needs to be, it's the same issue, not enough money for for places, not enough money for home care that every system in the world has. But I would say it's at least got the bones there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a big challenge. Like, how do we, you know, who pays? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a lot of moving parts, too, and the population is yeah. changing and getting yeah. healthier and, and all of that. But um, yeah. it sounds like, as you say, it's the bones are there, the structure is there, and it, it will yeah. need a lot of tweaking, a lot of uh, shaping. How long has this been in place? Um, um, oh, good question. There's a big reform, a big reform. Um, I, I'm not sure it's within, but it's it's this century, right? It's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm wanting to say 10, 15 years, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, okay. I think one of the big things that is different about the Australian model, and if also if you look at the German model, the Netherlands model, so these are the countries where there's strong long-term care systems. Those all the countries with strong long-term care systems have something in common, and that long-term care is handled at the there's there's, there's a strong national policy, mm-hmm. right? That it's it's something it's not delegated down to the level of the states or the municipalities. There's a national policy, mm-hmm. right? And it, 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 and, and I think you see that in, in every country that if if you know things are down to come down to the state level, there's always like for a temptation for a state to say, well, you know what, maybe if we don't have generous policies, old people won't move here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get a good policy, you need to have a national policy, and that was what really happened with in the Australian case. There was a, a deep deep-seated data satisfaction with their current system and that all the the states in Australia got together and said, okay, we agree that we're going to have a national system. Mm-hmm. And that's where they got to where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the, the challenges, practical, political. Sure. Is Canada moving closer to that? Or- uh, you know, we're, uh, it's again, um, Canada is in similar, in many ways, well, same and different from us, but I think in Canada we have uh, uh, many of the similar challenges that um, we know we don't have a national system, and um, if anything, Canada is becoming more fragmented. So the things are more things are happening at the provincial level, and more provinces are kind of going their own way. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I mean, there were some huge challenges during the, during the pandemic mm-hmm. with long-term care in Canada and the wait, wait lists are, um, the wait lists are long here. Um, you know, there is, there is no country that has really nailed this. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I want to go it. Yeah. It's, it's frightening. People don't want to think about it. Yeah, Politicians yeah. don't want to think about it. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I think that's a great expose, um, uh, Francis. I think that's that's great, the, the insight that you share here. Um, uh, you know, I, I can see that you can make an argument for both sides. You want the national system, and mm-hmm. it's, if it's provincial, it's fragmented. And if it's um, the, the states would say, oh, yeah, we, we, we should be allowed to create our own laws here and kind of like our immigration. I mean, there's the federal laws and there's the, the – you know, the states are butting heads against the, the feds for the immigration laws, and they want to be able to protect their own states. And the feds are saying, no, it's got to be, it can't be different from one state to another. Mm-hmm. But, oh, we have we have that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, maybe it may apply to this, the same thing with long-term care and sharing the risk here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a thorny, thorny problem, thorny issue. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it is scary. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, I can see where families would not here in the U.S. I, it would be very new. It's kind of the nationalizing the health care. <clears throat> families mm-hmm. would not be so in favor of putting up a 20 percent value of their home to cover their long term care costs. That that seems so anathema to our, our way yeah. of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like with but, you know, people are, are you know, because. Long-term care is not covered through Medicare. It's only through Medicaid. In most right. states, it's only through the Medicaid. Right. Um, you know, people do have to. People do have to run down their assets. I mean, people. You know, I mean, the the. I mean, California's got rid of a lot of the asset tests, mm-hmm. um, and other states are following suit. Um, but you know, any income that you have, if you you know, you have to any income that you have goes to pay for these costs. So, I mean, in some, the, the U S system historically has been one of the, the ones that's put the most responsibility on individual families that, you know, if you have any resources at all, you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Um, so it's, you know, it's like, okay, how do you, how do you share that? Mm-hmm. You know, any, any other solutions or innovations that you're aware of? Anything else uh, on the horizon? Well, I, I think one of the big things that a lot of places are challenged, are, are, are really struggling with is how do you strike the balance between home care and institutional care? Um, uh, I think most people would rather be at home. Um, than in an institution. Um, and, you know, if, and, and there is sort of the, there is potentially possibilities for saving costs if, you know, people can be cared for in a less expensive way at home mm-hmm. um, than, than an institution. So how do we kind of, when we're thinking about the practicalities, when we're thinking about, okay, how do we support people as they go through this journey? Mm-hmm. How much do we pay for home care? How much do we pay for institutional care? Right. And how much is, so how, you know, what, what supports are available in those two, mm-hmm. two settings? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, something that's a real struggle. Yeah. Are you seeing um, any trends? Are you seeing it? Is it trending more toward institutional kind of uh, sub, sub? Well, it's one of those models? things that yeah. it kind of goes back and forth, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, I think home care is is always very popular in theory. People say, yeah, this is what I want. I want to be cared for in my own home. Um, but it's hard to do, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the thing is, okay, so um, just in practicalities, if you're trying to provide care in the home, there's transportation costs. Like somebody's sure. got to get to the home sure. and back. And if you're living in a rural area, is somebody going to have to have a car to come to your home? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's a big practical challenge with providing home care. Again, it's like with these things, it's it's a lot about just having the resources. And if you need to pay for somebody to drive to your home mm-hmm. and back again, yeah. it's more. Um, and I think there's, there's, I think there's a, when you think about, you know, government policy and you think, you know, I think there's always like this question of, why can't we have nice things, right? And having care in the home as you get old is a nice thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So why can't we have nice things, mm-hmm. right? And I think one reason is that it costs a lot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then it costs a lot to have somebody in an institution as well. So, you know, maybe there's some some room there. Sure. I think one of the, why can't, you know, if you're thinking about why can't we have nice things, um, I, one of the challenges is the, is the fear that these services will be abused. Okay. So if we have home care available to help with meal preparation, to help with housework, um, to help with laundry, if those kinds of services will are available, then everybody will want them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that doesn't seem like a good reason why we can't have nice things, but I think it's like, if we have nice things, everybody will want nice things. So we can't have nice things. Oh. Um, sure. So I think yeah. that's, that's the that's the, the the challenge that there's i think that there's a fear that if um the if 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 governments provide assistance families will will step down and families won't won't um uh, uh, provide the care um i i'm not sure that that's accurate and even so i think it's pretty harsh to you know there's a limit to the amount of sacrifices we can expect people to make um but uh, I, I think this is the the, the big challenge. Um, yeah. Like, how do we strike this balance between care in the home and institutional care? Um, how do we make it, care in the home affordable? How do we, um, you know, how do we solve these problems that that, mm-hmm. that prevent yeah. us from having nice things? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a that's the other side of this. If we can provide a a suitable level of assistance in the home, then people who um, can't afford to pay may not want to pay as much if other people are not paying as much. You're right. I mean, it it's, yeah. it, it can be individualized and customized, but then everybody yeah. should 
be entitled to it. And that's, yeah. yeah. But if a bit of help, if a bit of help with, you know, grocery shopping and food preparation is enough to allow you to stay in your home and out of an institution, that's mm-hmm. a great deal for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, yeah. how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we provide people with those supports? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's other things about it too. I mean, there's like, there's, there's, um, sorry, you, did you have a question? Were no, you going to ask ahead. me a question? Go ahead. Or? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think there's also questions about how we can support family. And one thing that, say, the German system allows, because the German system is very interesting. It's look a model. Um, for other other countries is with Germany, there's much more, okay, we're going to give you an allowance and you can use that for home care or you can use that for a nursing home or institutional care. Mm. Okay. So there's more like, we're going to trust you. We're going to give you some money and we're going to allow you to spend it. Um, um, but one thing that the German model does, which is super interesting, is they allow people to pay family for providing care. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can you could pay oh, your daughter, you could pay your son. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. So if the choice is like if your son if your son or your daughter says you say like come and look after like no I I have to I have to have a job so that I can feed my kids. It's like okay, you know what we've got this money that's coming in from the government, we can use that and we get to choose how to spend it. We can use that to pay for you to come and support me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, wouldn't that, can you imagine how many, how, what a game changer that would be for so many families? Sure, sure. Yeah, well, families can get paid now, um, can't they, for some of the support in home? Isn't that IHHS system? Maybe you're not so familiar with it. No, you know, I, I should, yeah. you know, I'm I'm a Canadian, right? So I don't oh, know. Okay. Yeah. Um. You, you better, you better, uh, can you give me, can we just like pause for a second and stop sure. the, Okay, so. Okay, so as you mentioned, that uh, model in Germany where um, people can be paid to provide care for the needy family members, uh, parents or siblings or adult children. I think we have some version of that, um, at least here in California, in home support services. So it's probably close, maybe not um, as, you know, as well-developed or as expansive as the German model, but um, you probably are familiar with some of that here. Maybe there's a few states, I guess, that have that. Yeah. I mean, you know, California is so interesting because it is a model for so in so many policy areas. And this is exactly the kind of the, the IHSS, um, uh, that you mentioned. Sorry, just mm-hmm. a second. Mm-hmm. Sure. The IHSS that you mentioned is exactly the kind of 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 service that I'm I'm talking about, and it's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. potentially a game changer for families. But there are not many states yeah. in the U.S. that where that's available, and you know, in in Canada, there are very few provinces that have something like that available. Yeah. Well, I think our systems, uh, unfortunately, are just not keeping up with the growing population and the demands. I mean, one thing I like to think of is people 
staying healthy longer, you know, yeah. <laughs> living healthier lives, um, kind of improving lifestyles. So some of that dependency doesn't occur until very, very late. But, you know, yeah. like I said, we, everyone knows that that we some of these things we do not have control over. So yeah. I recommend yeah. to meet us there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, we all want to fall off a cliff, right? Just yeah, just yeah, go yeah. healthy, healthy, yeah. healthy and then boom. Yeah. yeah. And let's just, you know, we can work on the healthy, healthy, healthy bit anyway. That's right. The cliff comes at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that's right. So thanks very much. Any um any takeaways, any final takeaways? What would you hope our uh audience remembers from this conversation? I would say Talk about it. Talk about it with your family. Think about it and and prepare. Mm. Um, you know, the odds are um, something like 70% of adults who survive to 65 in the United States will at some point need some kind of long-term care. Mm. So odds are this is coming for you. Okay, so, so plan and plan for it and and talk to your family and think about what those expectations are and find out what the services are. I would say one of the biggest things in, in, in Canada and certainly in my country, I would suspect from the reading I've done in your country as well, one of the biggest myths is people think, well, when I'm old and I need help – um, you know, you know, when I'm, you know, if I have, you know, one of these, you know, things that happens when you get very old, um, it will be covered by Medicare and it's, yeah. it's, it's not. So no, inform yeah. yourself about what's out there and talk to your family. And if you're not happy with the system, there's, there's other systems about, and, you know, be, you know, use your time to be politically active and lobby yeah. for change. For sure. For sure. Well, that's great advice. That's great advice. Talk about it, plan, learn what what services are available, what your expectations are. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So it uh, looks like we're out of time for today, Francis. But before I wrap up, I just want to remind our listeners to visit my website, living2100.club. Sign up for my email list and download a free copy of my nine tips to make living longer enjoyable. And if you are affiliated with a senior living setting, be sure to look for my new training manual and activity guide, Better, Longer, and Happier. Francis, thanks so much for being a guest on our show today. For those who might want to contact you, how can they do that? Well, just have to spell my name, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-W-O-O-L-L-E-Y. Google me. I'll come right up. I'm the top hit. Great. Oh, well, I think there is somebody else, but if it's like an architecture or so, well, it's an artist or something, it's like an economist in Canada. That's me. Okay. Uh, so just, just Google it. me. You can get my hit. You can well, get, maybe. you can get all my contact info. Terrific. Terrific. Well, uh, again, thanks so much. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Hope to see you next time. Okay. Thanks so much, Joe. You're welcome. You're most welcome. Mm-hmm.